This Westwards mini masterclass is a production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. For more information on Westwards and what we do, please go to westwards.com.au. Hello and welcome to the Westwards Mini Masterclass. My name is James Roy. I am your host and today I am also your, well, what is it, the person who runs a masterclass, the masterclass facilitator, I suppose. Anyway, that's me today. And for something a little bit different, I thought maybe today we would do a writing exercise if you're up for it. Please don't feel like you have to do the exercise. This isn't compulsory, of course. In fact, who's going to check? But it is a, an interesting little idea and I'd like to to share... Now, I was in two minds when I first thought about this as to whether I sh- shared how this exercise looks when it's done by someone professional um, in the form of a, a classic novel or whether we do the exercise and then we talk about what the point of it is and then we share the, the real-world example of how this can be done well. And in the end, I think I, I'm still not entirely convinced I've made the right choice, but I've, I've had to fall one way or the other. And what I've decided to do is we are, in fact, going to do the exercise first. And then when that's done, we'll talk about why I've chosen that exercise and what it teaches us or what it can help us uh, understand about ourselves as writers. And then we can share a real-world example of how this might work. Now, here's your exercise for today. And you may choose to take five minutes to do this. You may choose to take 20 minutes to do this. You may choose not to even take part at all, as I said. But the exercise is this. To write a scene or a short story or describe a a scenario, just a little vignette of something, doesn't really matter what it is. What matters is the rule, and the rule is this. You aren't to use any adverbs or any adjectives. Of course, this is going to lead to consternation amongst some, amongst some people because people go, oh, hang on, I can't do without it. Is, is this qualifier an adjective or an adverb? Is that, is that counted? Is it allowed? You know what? I, when I say rules, I don't... To quote the... The great uh, parts of the Caribbean franchise, uh, it's not so much a rule as a guideline, and so that my guideline is try not to use any adverbs or adjectives. For anyone who might be wondering what they are and isn't quite sure, an adverb is a word that qualifies a verb or a doing word. So, for example, the, the verb would be walk or walking, and the adverb would be walk quickly or walk slowly or walk purposefully. And an adjective is something that describes or qualifies a noun. So the car, the blue car, the fast car, the racing car, the stationary car, and so forth. The old man, the cranky man, the young woman, the friendly woman, all of these are adjectives. So that's the, per- that's the exercise. Take your time. You may take 10 minutes, 5 minutes or even longer. I'm going to give you just a very short amount of, of uh, thinking music 
<laughs> in which case you just basically pause the podcast and when you're ready to come back to it, come back to it and we'll talk about it. So here's your thinking music. you go I've done this exercise in the past with writing groups and some people find it incredibly hard other people find it troublingly simple but then worry that the right thing that they've done even though it's very simple doesn't actually convey enough of a a story or it doesn't in fact have enough detail in it to make the writing interesting but that's kind of the point of the exercise please don't get too hung up on Oh, I had to use the word blue for the car because it just had to be a blue car. Don't get too hung up on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. But the point of this is to try and use strong language, such as strong verbs and strong nouns. What I mean by strong, of course, is rather than saying walking in a le- walking, going for a leisurely walk, you might say going for a stroll. Or he walked purposefully, it could be he strode. Or in terms of adjectives, rather than uh, saying the large property, you say the estate, perhaps. I don't know. Anyway, that's the exercise. So how did you go? Have a, have a look over it again and think, is there, are there places when I should have used an adverb or an adjective? Or if I am not prepared to do that, what are my strong options? The book that I'd like to talk about that gives a really that uh, really gives a good example of how this can be done is A Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway. It was written when he was 30. It's a book that he uh, he wrote based on his experiences, I think, as an ambulance driver during the Spanish Civil War. And it's while of course, yes, there are adjectives and adverbs in there, it really is a remarkable piece of simple writing that is very powerful. My good friend Shannon does not like this book. I hope I'm not misquoting him, but he has said to me he doesn't like Hemingway. He thinks that he oversimplifies what he does. Now, look, it's a matter of opinion, isn't it? I do happen to really like Hemingway, but that doesn't mean that everybody else has to. But I think the, the first chapter of Farewell to Arms, which I'm going to read for you now, is quite uh, quite interesting because it, it's a very simple uh, piece of writing but it expresses itself in a very interesting way so let me read it for you now so this is the first chapter of Farewell to Arms by Ernest Hemingway in the late summer of that year we lived in a house in a village that looked across the river and the plain to the mountains in the bed of the river there were pebbles and boulders, dry and white in the sun, and the, ch- and the water was clear and swiftly moving and blue in the channels. Troops went by the house and down the road, and the dust they raised powdered the leaves of the trees. The trunks of the trees were too dusty, and the leaves fell early that year, and we saw the troops marching along the road, and the dust rising and leaves stirred by the breeze falling, and the mu- soldiers marching, and afterwards the road bare and white except for the leaves. The plain was rich with crops. There were many orchards of fruit trees, and beyond the plain the mountains were brown and bare. There was fighting in the mountains at night. We could see the flashes from the artillery. In the dark it was like summer lightning, but the nights were cool, and there was not the feeling of a storm coming. Sometimes in the dark we heard the troops marching under the window and guns going past pulled by motor tractors. 
There was much traffic at night, and many mules on the road with boxes of ammunition on each side of their pack saddles, and grey motor trucks that carried men and other trucks with loads covered with canvas that moved slower in the traffic. There were big guns too that passed in the day drawn by tractors, the long barrels of the guns covered with green branches and green leafy branches, and vines laid over the tractors. To the north we could look across a valley and see a forest of chestnut trees and behind it another mountain on this side of the river. There was fighting for that mountain too but it was not successful and in the fall when the rains were, the rains came the leaves all fell from the chestnut trees and the branches were bare and the trees black with rain. The vineyards were thin and bare branched too and all the country wet and dr brown and dead with the autumn. There were mists over the river and clouds on the mountain and the trucks splashed mud on the roads and the troops were muddy and wet in their capes. Their rifles were wet under their capes, the two leather cartridge boxes on the front of the belts, grey leather boxes heavy with the packs of clips of thin, long 6.5mm cartridges bulged forward under the capes so that the men passing on the road marched as though they were six months gone with child. There were small grey motor cars that passed going very fast. Usually there was an officer on the seat with the driver and more officers in the back seat. They splashed more mud than the can canyons even, and if one of the officers in the back was very small and sitting between two generals, he himself so small that he could not see his face, but only the top of his cap and his narrow back, and if the car went especially fast, it was probably the king. He lived in Udine and came out in this way nearly every day to see how tilings were going, and things went very badly. At the start of the winter came the permanent rain, and with the rain came the cholera, but it was checked and in the end only 7,000 died of it in the army. It's quite a remarkable little piece of writing, I think. And, and, and of course, as I say, the fact that there are very few adjectives or adverbs in that piece of writing is in some way testament to the power of the strong verb and the strong noun. Now, you might make the case that in actual fact, there are many, many parts of this little piece of writing where he repeats himself and he goes over old territory and he talks about the soldiers marching and he repeats it again a paragraph later and he talks about the trucks and he repeats them a paragraph later. But you could also make the case that what he's trying to do here is basically make the reader feel the drudgery and the banality and the greyness of this part of history, the, the war, because of course there is that saying that war is lengthy periods of abject boredom interspersed by moments of sheer terror. And this is the abject boredom side of it. This is the soldiers going off, drudging off to war and then coming, drudging back after they've been to war. And, uh, and it's, for me, it, it, what's most remarkable is that last paragraph. At the start of the winter came the permanent rain and with the rain came the cholera but it was checked and in the end only 7,000 died of it in the army. And that is said in such a simple throwaway manner that you stop and go, wait, 7,000 dying of cholera is actually a good outcome? I'm not suggesting that any of us should write like Hemingway. I'm not. But of course, if you were to write like Hemingway, <laughs> you never know, you could end up being another Hemingway. But this is perhaps an extreme example of how it works when you simplify things and look for a stronger verb or noun rather than an adjective or an adverb. 
So that's really the uh, mini masterclass. It's just a, an opportunity to stop and think about whether what we're doing as writers is really serving the story. Are we trying to impress with the, the length of the words that we use and the cleverness of the words we use, or are we trying to tell a story in a way that moves the reader? I, I have always made the, well, for a long time I've made the, the case to students that part of what we do as writers, one of our jobs as a writer is to render ourselves slightly invisible and to basically, it, it's very nice when a, when a reader tells us that something we've written is really good or really well written, but it's a much greater uh, compliment, I think, when a reader tells you that your characters were strong and that they really were engaged by the story. It means that you have, to some extent, become invisible and you've really just gone to, uh, gone to trouble to tell a story and not put yourself forward as the artist behind the story which I don't think is a bad thing for any of us to strive towards, regardless of what stage of writing journey we're at. So this week, this month in our writing, would behoove us all, I think, to try and wind it back a bit, try and be a little bit more simple and see whether our writing improves as a result. Thanks for listening to the mini masterclass. We'll be back in a fortnight with another one. I'll be back next week with a uh, Westwards masterclass, sorry, a Westwards podcast. But until then, as we always say at Westwards, happy creating.